Would you turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read together verse 9 and 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. These two verses are actually describing the gospel. Though my subject is heaven, heaven, sweet heaven, we've been talking in this theme this month about the sweet by and by. Heaven is the most beautiful place, just like we sung, how beautiful heaven must be. And the sweetness of it, the serenity of it, the, uh, the, the safety of it, the realm of it, is what it is because of the presence of God there in a way that, that we cannot experience on earth. We are reminded, though, that we have a glimpse of heaven right here. When God saved us by His grace, and that's why these verses here are so explicit on dealing with, I have not seen, or heard, the things that God has prepared for them to love us. And we won't find it out unless the Spirit gives it to us, because what the gospel does, it shows us our sinfulness and the comfort of our Savior, so that when we meet Jesus, not only are we convicted, but we're comforted at the same time. Now, is that how it is with you? That's what the gospel does, okay? But the Spirit gives us that in, in, uh, ability to manifest and, and deal with all that, though not perfectly here on earth. But, but what's implied is an eternal destination called heaven. And that's why I believe that most commentators I've read behind say we can use these verses to portray heaven, a, a great place of, of inexplainable joy and beauty. So may God help us to say that and see that and cater our lives to living on earth. Though God has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ right now, I trust this kind of service will help us do that, that we can also know that, that there's something that we can really rejoice in coming for us. So we can, this life, you know, we can, believers can eat, drink, and be merry. We can do it for the glory of God, but we can also sacrifice and suffer because we know heaven awaits us. There'll be no crowns to throw at Jesus' feet in heaven if we have no crosses to bear here on earth. Remember that. The sweet by and by, heaven, sweet heaven. I want to try to say four things briefly uh, about heaven, sweet heaven. One, that it's a sweet place. Secondly, that it's sweet because of a sweet person. His name is Jesus. And there's sweet preparations to get us there and to prepare a place for us. Jesus did that too. And then also the preciousness, the sweet preciousness of heaven itself. So as we look at these verses, um, as we think about heaven, are we really thinking about heaven as we ought to? I mean, all of us want to go there. 
But not many of us want to go now. We don't want to go right now, do we? I would say that, that there's a really close correlation between Colossians where he says, Seek ye things above and not on the earth, and Jesus' greatest commandment, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because I believe that, and I'm looking at myself really strong in this. Because I'm not sure I really want to go right now. <laughs> but, but, but the reason I don't is I don't really love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, soul, and strength like I'm called to do. And probably you're not either. And we're living in a nation that has forgotten what heaven's like. Christians are not immune to materialism. We eat up with it. We have so much comforts. We have so many things and so many places to go and so many phones to answer and business to do and people to see. Why, we don't go to heaven. We get a check in the mail every month. We have all the comforts of life. You go over there where Kai comes from and ask those people what they think about heaven. They're ready to go. May the Lord help us. Because really to long for heaven is to long for Jesus. And, and, and you think about the more that we are heavenly minded, the more effective our lives will be. The problem we have is even in churches, some of the mega churches, I'm told, they'll have uh, coffee and donuts and, and a, a food court and bowling alleys and health spas right in the church. And the gospel is proclaimed like some sort of, some sort of prosperity that, that you have Jesus and you can have all these things that you want. When you look at heaven, it's really for losers. And I'm going to say something about heaven. Heaven is not for the senses. It's not hallucinations. First of all, my first point is heaven is a place. It's a sweet place, a real place. And in my view, though I've never read the books, I don't believe a man can write a book about heaven. And I know there's a famous book out there called Heaven is Real. I've never read it, but I wouldn't believe any of it. God's Bible, all the people of God never wrote anything about their personal experience in heaven. Ezekiel and John, the revelator, got theirs from God. The Apostle Paul was, was brought up to the third heaven, but he didn't even say a word about it for 14 years, and then he said, I can't even talk about it. Now, if somebody wants to write a book and make millions of dollars, they're going to make up to them all, a lot of kind of stuff. Heaven is not about hallucinations. Heaven is, heaven is not about what you dream it's going to be. And I've been guilty of this in funerals, you know. We like to say, well, Brother John is up there playing golf with Brother Paul. Or Tony is over there fishing with Grandpa. That's not heaven. 
Heaven is much more wonderful and, and far and above. You see, what makes us think of heaven like that is we're so material, we're so uh, uh, carnal in our thinking humanly. We forget that we're spiritual beings. And God has put eternity in our heart and the only home that we can have that we can be satisfied is heaven. And it's a real place. It's as real as the earth. Because Jesus came from heaven, but he came to earth. And then the Bible says he left the earth when he finished his work. Where did he go? Hebrews 7 said he went to heaven for us. God says, uh, the book of Acts says about God that heaven is his throne. It's a place. The earth is his footstool. Jesus teaches us in his model prayer. He says, our Father, which art in heaven. <laughs> heaven is a place. I want you to understand that with me. It's a place. It's a real place. And just like this verse says, I cannot describe it. I mean, God doesn't tell us how. I don't think we can stand it. It's so wonderful. But we need to know it's a place. I mentioned the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. We find that he had that experience with God. And he says, I was lifted to the third heaven. Then there's three heavens. So what are they? First of all, there's a heaven of the sky where the clouds are and the birds fly. It's the atmospheric heaven. And then there's the firmament where the constellations and the moon and the stars and the sun, that's, that's the second heaven. But the third heaven is where God is. And where your loved ones are that, that have left this earth and because of their trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are now in heaven with God in a real place. And it's the most beautiful place that they can be. It's where Brother Leo Hotchkiss is right now. I saw Brother Leo a couple of days ago over at the gardens and he was weak. And I went downstairs and I stopped by and saw Brother Tom Deal who was there and Brother Tom's still preaching. Right on his bed there and he asked about Brother Leo and I said, you know Brother Tom, I think he's getting pretty close to going to heaven. And Brother Tom said, we couldn't be in a better place. That's so true. It's a place. We miss that sometime. And we don't need to try to make it up to the kind of place we want it to be. We need to see it as God's place. He said it. He says in Revelation 20, he says that there's no place where there's no tears, no sadness, no goodbyes. Ezekiel chapter 1, I can't read all that. I can't even understand what Ezekiel wrote, but, but it's so glorious when he gave the vision of the wheels. John, the Apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos and God gave him a glimpse of heaven. The, the city Jerusalem descending. 
It's a place. Abraham said, I, I'm, 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 I'm looking for a city whose builder and foundation is God. He was looking for a place. It wasn't some hallucination, some out-of-the-body experience. You know what God says about that? You be really careful when you read behind that stuff. The Bible says that no one has descended from heaven. The, the question is, has anyone ascended from on high? Absolutely not, other than Jesus. People don't go to heaven and then come back. You know, uh, I, I saw uh, not long, a, few, a year or two ago, some guy said he'd been to hell. I feel like I've been there too a couple times. But he had been to hell and he was on some news show and he was gonna, he was gonna show, he was gonna be back in a minute to interview this guy that had been to hell. I did what I walked, I didn't waste my time. So what we need to understand is that heaven is a real place. And that we have a glimpse of that now in our lives. Where is this place? It's above. I can't pinpoint it on the map. But you know what? I would like to go one day to the Redwood Forest in California. I would. I've never been there. But I believe it exists. I believe it with all my heart that it's there. Reliable people have told me that it's there. So, so when you think about heaven, you got to see this is a place that, that Jesus came from and that he, he went back to. And that we need to be directing our lives to be more seeking those things on above than we are trying to hold on to these things that we have. We need to be less in tune with trying to please people and satisfy ourselves, and rather we ought to be looking for God. I don't know about you, but this world that we're living, this life that we're living, is not working out like we thought. It's not. And I'm going to tell you, heaven is. It is that perfect place. And those of us that grieve the loss of loved ones, I know that grief is a price we pay for love, but we don't need to be selfish. You hear me? They're where in the blessed place they can be in heaven. Secondly, I want you to see heaven is a person. See, we were made for a place. And this place is not on earth because we are pilgrims and strangers here. This is not our final home. Now the world will say, when you leave home, you can't ever come back. Why? Because you change and the world changes or the home changes. In spiritual reality in heaven, you go home for the first time. You got it? The first time. And God has put a longing in your heart for it. 
See, you were made for a place and you were made for a person and the person is Jesus. And you are predestinated by his amazing grace to go to a place called heaven. And you, by the amazing grace that I can't describe, and I can't understand except by the Spirit, I cannot make you believe unless God shines in your heart that we are a resurrected people serving a resurrected Lord looking for a resurrected earth. God will renew this very earth one day and restore it to perfection and the new heaven and the new earth will come down and join together. You say, well, doesn't the apostle Peter say that this world may be destroyed? Burn up? You know, we're just a ball of fire now, the crust of the earth. I mean, it's everything else. It's 8,000 mile diameter, so-called. God destroyed this world one time with water. He destroyed it. When he saved you by his grace, you then became a new creation. Did he destroy you? Did you just, were you annihilated? No. That's the same way he's going to restore this earth. A new new creation, a restoration. Who's going to do it? Jesus. The person. You know, one of the things that really excites me about heaven, I've been thinking about this week, and I know I'm going to leg up on you on it, because I was studying it. But one of the first things I want to try to see when I see Jesus, and that's what we're going to do in heaven, is thank you, God. I can't believe that he's redeemed me and saved me. And that his blood has cleansed me from all my sins. Because, my friends, heaven is a holy place. And when God says that we'll see him face to face, he means that we've got to be purified. We're going to be purified. We're going to be cleansed by his blood. And we'll see him as he is. Oh, we ought to thank God so much for being who he is for us. Because of Jesus, the grave is just the door to heaven. That's all that hole in the ground is. Death is not a wall. Death is a turnstile. It changes you where you're going, but it puts you in the place you're living forever with God because of a person, not because of what you've done and what you haven't done. Jesus Christ is the only way we get there. That's why he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. And the Father is in heaven. You say, well, God is omnipresent. And doesn't he say that, that temples can't hold him and, 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 and the world can't contain him? And all that is true, but heaven is God's house. 
It is a special arrangement that God has made, just like in the Old Testament temple, to manifest his presence, though he's omnipresent. When John saw Jesus in Revelation 1, he said his eyes were like flaming fire. His hair was like gold, white as wool, he says. He said he was so taken by him, and I'm paraphrasing that he said he fell at his feet as a dead man. I'm saying, my friends, that is heaven. That is approaching Jesus, the person of getting you to God. We ought to serve him with all we got. Adore him and praise him and exalt him. He is our God. Our person. So we see the heaven as a place. That we're made for a place and we're made for a person. We predestined to be in his likeness, conform to his image. Now people say they do not believe, some people do not believe in predestination. Everybody will believe in it when they get to heaven. They will. And everybody's not going to heaven. As much as I and most other preachers try to preach everybody into heaven when you're doing a funeral. The only way people get to heaven is because Jesus died for those that God gave him. You don't get there by default. You get there by the blood of the Lamb. And then thirdly, this is a prepared, the sweet preparations of heaven. John 14, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe God, believe also in me. I go, Jesus said, to prepare a what? A place for you. He's talking about heaven. He's not getting his hammer and his nails and his soul to do it. He's going to the cross. That's why he told that thief that was dying there today, that repentant thief, he said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The reason that we should want to go to heaven that God prepared for us is because everything we know of is precious to us is there. God and Jesus our brothers and sisters. Uh, where our citizenship is there. Our names are written in heaven, Jesus said in Luke 10, 20. And yet for some reason we think this earth is going to find us. Fill us. You know, I remember once we had a, an aquarium. And I like to look at those aquariums. I hadn't had one in a long time, but the fish were pretty, you know. But I was thinking, you know, what about those fish? Do they think that's their home? Do they, do they not want to go somewhere else? I believe if the fish could want it, they would. So this longing that we have, we get from God, and what a blessing that is that God prepares us for heaven. See, I said I'm not sure I want to go there yet. But there's come a day God will get me ready. 
He will. He will you too. See, when our children were little, we would buy them Christmas gifts a month or two before Christmas. And we'd hide them in the barn. And we'd let them make the Christmas list. But as it got closer to time for Christmas, we'd be talking them into what they were going to actually get. By the time Christmas morning comes, they're excited about it because they had been influenced. And that's what God does to us that he will show us because in this world, when we see sin destroying our loved ones and pain and death and loss and hurt and our own weakness and sinfulness, we say, God, help us. There's got to be more in Jesus that we have that hope in heaven. The Bible says if we in this life only have hope, we are of all men most miserable. And then lastly, it is precious. Heaven is so precious. The sweet heaven. Do you know how precious you are to Jesus? God said in Psalms 116, he says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. Why is that? Because he loves them so much. Don't you feel better when your children are at home with you instead of outside or doing something somewhere else? Jesus is high priestly prayer in John 17. He says, Father, I pray that if thy will that, that they be with me, that I'll be with you and they be with me where I am, that they are you and me. You're the apple of God's eye. He died for you. And you'll live with him in heaven forever. And I don't have time to give a glimpse of what little I know or what God says about this wonderful place called heaven, but it is sweet. And we need to be preparing ourselves for it by God's grace. You know, I remember going through some broken times in my life years ago before I was preaching. And a couple of guys up in Tennessee invited me to go bear hunting with them every year. And we'd go up to Canada in September. And I would prepare for that trip. I would something for me to look forward to. I would take my dogs up there and I would spend weeks before we went on railroad bed road. Some of my girls would remember. They'd sit on the tailgate of the truck and I'd run them down the road just getting the dogs in shape. And my own self, getting in shape. I remember Judge Lovett Bennett many times when I was coming to early church. You'd see he and Missy walking on the pavement out there, sidewalk with a backpack on. Why was he doing that? Because he was getting ready to leave a, lead a scout troop on some kind, kind of a tense hiking trip. But he was preparing for it. We come to church in the Lord's Supper. Why we do that? We're preparing for an eternity with God. And we do not need to miss those opportunities and prayer meetings. 
I remember, Sister Eileen, I remember when Mark Brandon and his wife came up to this church and we took those chairs and he sat there. He was dying with cancer. A young man, a young father, a young husband. Some of you were here. But I remember him sitting there and we laid our hands on him and we prayed to God. And it went all around this room. And it's one of the services I remember most vividly because when it was over, nobody could say anything. We just seemed like we were locked in that mode. My friends, that is a glimpse of heaven on earth. When we just get with our God and we understand and believe him and trust him, that's what the apostle said. This is, I don't know, eye has not seen, ears heard the things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him. And all I know is, the Apostle Paul said, it's a far better place to live with Christ. To die is far better. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1, Solomon said, it's better the day of one's birth or day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. I'm going to tell you, friends, heaven is real. We need to be focusing on it more. It would have changed our attitude about a lot of things. Life is short on earth. May God help us prepare for it, to look forward to that time we'll be with Him forever. And all these insufficiencies and these sins we struggle with, he's going to get away with all that, do away with all that. We'll be whole in Christ forever. Oh, the glories of it. May the Lord bless us. All I'm trying to say is, heaven, sweet heaven, it's a sweet place, a real place. It's because of a sweet person, Jesus Christ, the sweetest of all. And the sweet preparations that he gives you. Don't get so discouraged with your losses, your hurts. All that will be taken care of in heaven. And you'll figure out when you get there, you didn't have one more than you want needed. That's how perfect God is. And then we have a sweet preciousness of being with God and with one another forever in heaven. And I believe we're closer than we've ever been. We're almost home for the first time. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you for heaven. We thank you for the hope that we have in heaven. We thank you for Jesus making the way for us to heaven. We pray, O oh Lord, that we can be thank you for faith to believe in heaven. But help us, Lord, and strengthen our faith so that we can bring heaven to ourselves while we live waiting to go to heaven. Thank you, Lord, for the men and women, people that you've blessed with your spirit of grace that have shown many of us what heaven must be like. Thank you, Lord, for loving us for the comfort that you give us, and for making us more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his most precious name we pray.
Amen.